my god, you posted that? Delete it. I feel so attacked right now. Don't, Don't act me like, like that. that. Hey guys, and welcome back to the 14th episode of Don't At Me. I'm your host, Michaela Copeland, and I'm ready to just be real with you on social media here today. Today, I don't have any sort of script. I don't have any guests. I don't really have any statistics for you. I've just got me sitting in a very big, dark black studio with a small table and a microphone and just some realness, okay? This is going to be my last podcast episode. Don't get sad yet. I still have a little bit more to say. Um, Just because podcasting is super hard. Like, I came into this thinking, okay, podcasting, all you've got to do is talk. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more that goes behind the scenes and just editing and everything. So I thought I'd step back from just making podcasts for a while and just think of if it's the most viable thing for me and if really it's making a difference in people's lives and what impact it has. So I guess that's my reason for not doing this much. But I wanted to leave on a high note. So I thought today I'd go through how you can become a social media strategist like I am here at Papercut. Now, I've never actually said where I've worked here on the podcast before. That's because I just didn't really know if people would take me seriously if I was like, yeah, I do social media for a printing company. Yeah, that's sort of really boring. It's not like I'm doing it for Netflix or any cool company like Wendy's. Their social media is the bomb. So I was like, maybe I might discredit myself if I sort of say, oh, yeah, I'm doing it for Papercut, which is literally a printing software company. But then I thought to myself, hey, if I can make printing fun online and like the whole culture here, then I can make anything creatively fun online. So going back to my roots, before I actually got the title of a social media strategist, Where did it all start? And I feel like I should have gone through this at the start, but I think it's a good way to sort of round it off and be like, hey, I can get to where she is because I might be where she was in the past. So I started off as a student. I had um, social media when I was 10, so Facebook. There wasn't a lot of cyber safety talks at my school or really online about it. Um, So my parents were a little bit naive. I would say, but it did end up in my favor. Like I ended up working in it. So it was not like they were like, oh, you know, you only get two hours on the internet or I have parental locks, nothing like that. Cause it wasn't really a thing when I was growing up. So I had Facebook at 10 and then I moved on to more Tumblr and I also had Snapchat at the same time. And Tumblr is where I really became myself. So I had a One Direction blog and silly as it seems, it just gave me somewhere to drive all my creativity and passion. And I didn't just like look at pictures and reblog them. I made my own posts. I was really diligent with posting and also communicating with my followers. Like I did follow back sprees. I made graphics for them. I even like tried to give them their horoscopes. Like I'd look at their blog and be like, oh, they're pink, but their bio is really dark. I'd be like, oh, you need to like open up and be more innocent and be yourself. Like People would eat that shit up, I'm telling you, especially when you're like 14, 15 and you're like, where am I going in life? Someone tell me who I am. And I made HTML as well. And overall, I gained 35,000 followers in my peak. And then there was a point where I was like, how can I monetize this? And I went through like maybe selling something, but I didn't really want to sell my themes because I wasn't, you know, the most expert HTML person. And I, I didn't know everything about CSS to try and 
fix everything. So I was like, well, I can't really offer support if something breaks down. So why am I going to sell it? Then I tried maybe ads on my website, but I was like, that's really bizarre. Like I was getting heaps of hits. I can't remember exactly, but a lot of hits on my website. So I was like, mm, I don't know how to really put ads on. It's going to make it really tacky. And then sort of Zane left the band and my whole obsession right then just sort of dropped. And I felt like the whole community just broke down and people were really sad. People were saying that they didn't want to support them or that they became really like um, hostile between Zane and I didn't really want to be part of that anymore. And I am still a directioner, like I still stand all of them by themselves and all that, but I just think that when Zayn left, everyone's sort of like childhood going on every day to Tumblr and like staying up late to watch every show that was in America because we were in Australia and all that stuff. Anything that you wanted to do with them, it was just like, oh, like they've betrayed me. I don't want to do it anymore. And that's how the blog ended, sadly. I lost motivation and school took over. But from that, I gained an internship at a place called Spratly and it was a vegan software company. And it was a startup and we were making an app to sort of like search vegan restaurants and stores. So sort of like Yelp, but just for vegans. And I'm not vegan and half people I was working with weren't vegan. But um, it was fun nevertheless, looking at competitors and making social content for the future. Um, the internship did end before it officially launched and then it never actually got launched, sadly. But it was a great experience of learning like scheduling tools like Hootsuite and all that jazz. So I highly recommend sort of doing those unpaid internships, not too much of your time, like three hours a week maybe to just gain that experience, look at the tools, look at what you want to actually create for the company through their briefs. And then I went on to a second company by one of the girls who was at that vegan place. And um, I went to the Institute of Code and the Institute of Code is currently still thriving it's a business where you go over to Bali for like 10 days and you learn how to code a website, but it's like luxurious and you get to like stay in a villa and have them cook for you and do all that jazz while actually learning. And so I was looking at some um, like lead generation for that. I remember we were using like a whole bunch of tools. I wasn't posting as much and it didn't last as long as the other internship, but I felt like I had a really good mentor for that and it sort of inspired me to do my own thing rather than to sort of like always tag on to something else. From there, I like finished school or was finishing school and decided to do photography freelance, um, literally just like 50, 70 bucks round about there and I was just taking photos of families and they'd get the digital versions and then I worked at a photography printing place, so still in the printing theme there, um, and I was doing a little bit of their social media, but also a lot of admin, just something on the side to keep some money in so I could buy heaps of concert tickets and stuff. So that was basically my high school jobs, just internships and just doing some odd admin things for photography. And that's when I was a part of this volunteer initiative by Bayside Council called the Bayside Youth Ambassadors. And the lady there was like, hey, I know of like a um, community center that might need your help. And so off I went to Hike Neighborhood Community Center. And um, let me tell you, it's very hard working with middle-aged mums when you're like the only teenager there because it's so cool because you can teach them all this new lingo and like fix their phone and all that jazz. But sometimes you're like, oh my God, why don't you know what lit means? Like it's like the oldest slang right now. 
anyway, I sort of reinvented those socials and I found my like place in, I guess, creating things for an audience because we had such a diverse audience of like mums who came to mother's group and 14 year old boys that came to gaming sessions. And it was that leveling of trying to like just appeal to the whole community that was really challenging. But I loved doing photography. I loved the people there. They were very welcoming and let me do a lot of things that were, I guess, outside of their comfort zone. Um, but ended up really working and um, they're still going on their social media journey and it's very community driven. And I left there because I came to Papercut. I think that coming here on a placement is the best way to get into an industry because it's sort of like it is a little bit of a temporary thing, right? Getting internships and then turning them into jobs is something that is very risky, I would say, because you are investing yourself into a job and you might not even have that paying perspective of it when you finish. But in my instance, it's worked out very well. Like I couldn't see myself um, doing a placement anywhere else. So when that ended and they officially gave me the title of social media strategist, I was like, wow, I've actually done a lot this year. Um, and it was, fortunately for me, this was paid. It was an annual salary. Um, and I was like, wow, I actually have sort of upped the ante of their social media, even though our tagline is sort of like, we're the coolest company and the most boring part of IT. Because I tried anything to make printing like creative and more appealing, even to myself, because I was like, wait, I have to find this appealing or else no one else will, right? So I go and dress up printers for like Halloween. I go and fry an egg on the deck for no particular reason, just to illustrate that it was hot in Australia at HQ. And to get here is very interesting because... You look at social media and you're like, literally, the point of social media is that everyone can do it. Everyone is connected. So when you say you work in social media, everyone's like, oh, that's like interesting. And you're like, yeah, like I know you think you can do it, but it's a very different way in taking what people want and creating something that is engaging rather than posting whatever you want and not caring about the analytics, right? Because it is a lot about data. And it's something that I'm still learning because I very much like the creative side rather than looking at like, you know, how many posts we did in a month and all that jazz. I'm still getting into it. It's just not my favorite thing at the moment because um, there's so much data. Like if you go beyond like reach and engagement, it goes into like, you know, drilling down engagement, how many retweets, how many likes, how many link clicks, how many in conversion. And you can just go into a deep, dark hole of data. And you come out and you're like, okay, here's the data, but what does it mean? <laughs> and so I'd say that side of social media isn't talked about. Everyone's like, oh, how many likes did it get? Yeah, okay, how many likes? But how many likes of those actually turn into sales? That's really what businesses are asking you. So you've got to be aware that if you get into this industry, it's not just about being creative in what you want to do. It's being able to deliver what the business wants as well. And something I've been thinking about lately is that I only have I guess maybe a medium presence on social media. Like I might be on there every day, but to the outside, like I don't post on Facebook or any of them every day. Um, and my Instagram has like under 200 followers for the podcast and my Snapchat, I don't have, you know, thousands of contacts, neither friends on Facebook. And my TikTok is like got a hundred followers and it's not like up there in the viral. And you're like, hang on, if you know all the secrets, why aren't you viral? Why aren't you getting brand deals? Because sometimes when you work in it, you don't want to live it. Like I'm obsessed with the influencer lifestyle and learning about it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to live it. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to like experience, I guess, what it means to have a brand deal and create that content. But the pressures that come with social media and like already doing it every day 
doesn't necessarily mean you want to also come home and do it. So you've got to be really careful of if you already love social media, that doing it every day, like compulsory, like you need to do it to get paid means that you might want to do it when you're not getting paid as a hobby. So that's something I've been struggling with being like, "Mm, maybe I should up my profile because, you know, social media profiles, I guess, are my portfolio, but it's the business side that's my portfolio. It's not my personal one. Businesses look at your past work and campaigns. They don't necessarily look at like, oh, you've got a thousand, three thousand, three million, whatever followers on social. She must be good at it. Yeah, you might be good at fashion, but if you come in to market a food, then they look at your past campaigns. They don't look at your own personal thing. So in the future, while I might grow my TikTok or I might grow my podcast, it doesn't mean that that reflects what I do at work and how people perceive how good I am at my job. And I guess it's something that I've only learnt within the last couple of months because I felt a lot of pressure to either become TikTok famous or become an Instagram influencer. And I'm like, hey, if I already get paid to do social media and I love it, do I really need to invest so much time in trying to be popular outside of that, you know? So yeah, what I'm saying is that just be aware that you might not always want to do social media if you work as a social media strategist. I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was personal branding. Now, I think that my personal brand is something that you see in person. Yes, it's on Instagram and it's on Facebook, but you don't really know a person until you see them in person. And of course, I advocate for social media and of course, I advocate for those social interactions online, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I think that social media is all that. There's definitely a lot of um, issues with social media and I'm sure I've highlighted them in one of the podcast episodes I've done already, especially towards the pressure to post and how it tries to influence people to become famous. That's something that that's something where it takes a toll on mental health 100%. Um, and I'm just saying that your personal brand doesn't always have to be this thing that you want to curate. You know, you can just be yourself like I am, like unscripted, like, yeah, scripts make it so much easier to edit and so much easier to organize your thoughts, which is why you probably see that this episode might be a little bit all over the place. But it also means that, you know, sometimes you're not as authentic as you want to be. Sometimes you take like 100 photos just to get that one photo to post and you've got to edit it and it's so much pressure. So I know that working in social media, yes, I can like perpetuate and encourage some of these things, but I want to acknowledge that I guess deep down I don't always approve of them. Um, I don't think that social media is 100% authentic and it never will be the way it's going. Like, I don't know if you've seen that um, Reddit, (laughs) that Reddit subreddit that's like, oh, Instagram versus reality or something like that. And it's just a whole bunch of people um, comparing photos from real life that someone's taken of them, like Candid, and then a photo that they've uploaded on Instagram and like waists are thinner, boobs are bigger, walls are curvier, like skin is so much more smoother, you know. That stuff is a little bit more like harmless and pretending to sort of be someone you're not but it still contributes to the fact that like you might not always look like that like yeah it could be an angle fix that angle fix this but if you're like distorting your whole body if you're distorting your whole I guess image and values of who you are then like who are you doing it for you know 
social media is not the be all and end all of popularity. If you feel really good and safe and secure in your friendship group, in your family, that's sort of what matters. You know, use social media to leverage them and like, you know, be able to create plans easier by messaging them, but don't use it as like, oh shit, my photo only got 300 likes instead of 1000 likes means that no one likes me anymore. I'm not popular, even though you might've like seen your friends two minutes ago and they might've complimented you on your makeup. It's just about feeling great behind the scenes because when you're a social media strategist, you are the behind the scenes of social media. And if you feel good, then usually that comes through in your posts and what the business wants you to do. Um, If you don't feel good about a post, it'll usually show because it'll get less likes. I can authentically say that when people go, oh, I need to post about this. And I go, "Mm, I don't really know if that's with our brand or something. And they go, oh, we need to post it. And then I do, it gets significantly less likes because my heart isn't in it. And I feel like maybe it's not authentic or it's not a fit with our personal brand. And so I am not invested in it and it shows. So it'll always show, you know, when your heart is in it and when you feel like it's the best you can be and the best post you want to put out, people will recognize that. Even though it's behind like a whole screen and people can be like, oh, this is actually fake, it'll show. So I don't have a question this time. I guess I just wanted to pose a question to you guys of what you got out of this podcast because I haven't had a lot of time to market it because it takes so goddamn long to create from, you know, writing the script to recording to editing. I get so exhausted that I'm like, oh, how do I actually promote it? So I just wanted to ask you, I guess, what did you think that you got out of this podcast? Um, If you'd like me to do a second series on maybe just influencers or focusing on a specific um, platform, I just want to know your thoughts in general. It's got my heart, soul, blood, sweat and tears in it right now. Um, And I hope that sort of comes through because I have been very authentic and said my mind throughout this whole thing, Um, especially my opinions and my facts. It's all me. So I just wanted to end by saying thank you for listening. Um, Just thank you for your support, your listens, your likes. I am 100% grateful for everything that um, the podcast has given me, especially those skills for just public speaking and interviewing and editing. They're great skills just to have for yourself. Like I'm not showing anyone, they're just for me. And I would love to hear your thoughts. So you can leave me a review on Apple. Or you can follow me on Spotify or you can DM me on Insta. Just want to know your final thoughts. This is Michaela signing off. I've done this intro like 10 times now. I'm never sure how to end it. Like it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And will I be back with a bigger and better podcast soon? I don't know. Don't at me guys.